0: Chapter One Section Five of The Dancing Mania by Justus Hecker. Translated by Dr. Benjamin G. Babington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter One Section Five Physicians. It was not until the beginning of the sixteenth century that the St Vitus's dance was made the subject of medical research, and stripped of its unhallowed character as a work of demons. This was effected by Paracelsus, that mighty but as yet scarcely comprehended reformer of medicine whose aim it was to withdraw diseases from the pale of miraculous interpositions and saintly influences and explain their causes upon principles deduced from his knowledge of the human frame we will not however admit that the saints have power to inflict diseases and that these ought to be named after them although many there are who in their theology lay great stress on this supposition ascribing them rather to god than to nature which is but idle talk we dislike such nonsensical gossip as is not supported by symptoms but only by faith a thing which is not human whereon the gods themselves set no value such were the words which paracelsus addressed to his contemporaries who were as yet incapable of appreciating doctrines of this sort for the belief in enchantment still remained everywhere unshaken and faith in the world of spirits still held men's minds in so close a bondage that thousands were according to their own conviction given up as a prey to the devil while at the command of religion, as well as of law, countless piles were lighted, by the flames of which human society was to be purified. Paracelsus divides the St Vitus's dance into three kinds. First, that which arises from imagination, vitista, corea imaginativa, estimativa by which the original dancing-plague is to be understood. Secondly, that which arises from sensual desires, depending on the will, Corea la Shiva. Thirdly, that which arises from corporeal causes, Corea naturalis, coacta which according to a strange notion of his own he explained by maintaining that in certain vessels which are susceptible of an internal pruriency and thence produce laughter the blood is set in commotion in consequence of an alteration in the vital spirits whereby involuntary fits of intoxicating joy and a propensity to dance are occasioned To this notion he was no doubt led from having observed a milder form of St Vitus's dance, not uncommon in his time, which was accompanied by involuntary laughter, and which bore a resemblance to the hysterical laughter of the moderns, except that it was characterised by more pleasurable sensations, and by an extravagant propensity to dance there was no howling, screaming, and jumping as in the severer form, neither was the disposition to dance by any means insuperable. Patients thus affected, although they had not a complete control over their understandings, yet were sufficiently self-possessed during the attack to obey the instructions which they received there were even some among them who did not dance at all but only felt an involuntary impulse to allay the internal sense of disquietude which is the usual forerunner of an attack of this kind by laughter and quick walking carried to the extent of producing fatigue this disorder so different from the original type evidently approximates to the modern Korea, or rather is in perfect accordance with it, even to the less essential symptom of laughter. A mitigation in the form of the dancing mania had thus clearly taken place at the commencement of the sixteenth century. On the communication of the St Vitus's dance by sympathy, paracelsus in his peculiar language expresses himself with great spirit and shows a profound knowledge of the nature of sensual impressions which find their way to the heart the seat of joys and emotions which overpower the opposition of reason and whilst all other qualities and natures are subdued incessantly impel the patient in consequence of his original compliance and his all-conquering imagination to imitate what he has seen on his treatment of the disease we cannot bestow any great praise but must be content with the remark that it was in conformity with the notions of the age in which he lived for the first kind which often originated in passionate excitement, he had a mental remedy, the efficacy of which is not to be despised, if we estimate its value in connection with the prevalent opinions of those times. The patient was to make an image of himself in wax or resin, and by an effort of thought to concentrate all his blasphemies and sins in it without the intervention of any other persons to set his whole mind and thoughts concerning these oaths in the image and when he had succeeded in this he was to burn the image so that not a particle of it should remain in all this there was no mention made of st vitus or of any of the other mediatory saints which is accounted for by the circumstance that at this time an open rebellion against the Romish church had begun, and the worship of saints was by many rejected as idolatrous. For the second kind of St. Vitus's dance, arising from sensual irritation, with which women were far more frequently affected than men. Paracelsus recommended harsh treatment and strict fasting. He directed that the patients should be deprived of their liberty, placed in solitary confinement, and made to sit in an uncomfortable place until their misery brought them to their senses and to a feeling of penitence. He then permitted them gradually to return to their accustomed habits severe corporal chastisement was not omitted but on the other hand angry resistance on the part of the patient was to be sedulously avoided on the ground that it might increase his malady or even destroy him moreover where it seemed proper paracelsus allayed the excitement of the nerves by immersion in cold water On the treatment of the third kind, we shall not here enlarge. It was to be effected by all sorts of wonderful remedies composed of the quintessences, and it would require, to render it intelligible, a more extended exposition of peculiar principles than suits our present purpose. End of chapter one, section five.